Welcome to Becoming Referrable, the podcast that helps you become the kind of advisor people can't help talking about. I'm Julie Littlechild, and today Steve and I are speaking with Candace Carlton, the SVP of FICOM's advisor education business. This is one you really don't want to miss. Now, Candace has a really interesting background. She's worked with two powerhouse RIAs, Mercer Advisors and United Capital, and now she's responsible for developing the strategy and execution of programs and workshops that help advisors get their message out to the world through marketing campaigns, through videos and podcasts. So we talked to Candace about her views on old school versus new school marketing and the role of authenticity in delivering your message. It's an important one. From there, we get really detailed and dig into the full story on how you can use video in your business as a way to set yourself apart. Candace is a true expert in this area and helps us to understand everything from the equipment basics to the focus of your videos to distribution. And she makes some really critical points on exactly what creates a compelling video and where you can go wrong. The good news, I think, is that video is not nearly as complex as we make it out to be. And with that, let's get straight to the conversation with Candace. So, Candice, welcome to the show. So happy to have you here. Hi, guys. So excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, can't wait to talk. Um, There's so much I want to ask you, but we've got 30 minutes, so that's going to limit it. I'm just going to jump over really quickly. We have to talk Um, really fast. Hey, but before we jump into all of the detail, do you mind just uh, starting with just a little context on the work that you're doing and FICOM's doing with advisors so everybody's aware of all of that? Yeah, so hi everyone and welcome. I am the head of advisor education at FICOM Partners. It's actually a new line of business that we launched at the beginning of 2020. And interestingly enough, the year that COVID hit and advisors, I think, realized quicker than they'd ever had before that they needed to be all things digital. So I am the creator and I lead our virtual coaching and consulting to help what we say is the modern, heart-driven advisor of today show up authentically and powerfully on all things podcasting, video, and really strategic marketing, translating that to them in a way that feels really authentic and aligned with the type of business that they want to build, the type of life they want to live, and the type of client they want to serve. That's, I mean, I love the way you talk about this because it's so compelling, just as you're describing that, which, of course, is intentional. It's meant to be. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I, you know, initially when we were thinking of having you on, and, and I will get there, I wanted to talk about video um, just because I know you have so much experience in that area. But, but what you just said really um, starts us in a different place that I think we should look at. And, I, and, and I'd love to create a bit of context and in that context, I think, really has to do with your views on marketing. And uh, you've talked in particular about this old school versus new school. So maybe we could start there. I mean, what's the difference between those two things for you all? Yeah. So, Julie, I think it's really interesting because I come from a very non-traditional marketing background. And I think that's important. So I studied finance and economics at the University of Cape Town in South Africa, 
I said I would never go into finance at the time because <laughs> I thought it was very cutthroat. I thought it was very male and just not fun is essentially what I thought, even though I had a degree in it. And then I discovered the RAA space and I went to go interview at Mercer Advisors, which was, I think, a $5 billion RAA national in Santa Barbara in the investment department. And my boss was going to be a 30-year-old woman in charge of this investment team, aligning people's money with their values, team orientated. And I was like, this is something I can get behind. So I spent seven years in investment and investment operations. I was going to be a financial advisor, actually. I was halfway through my CFP and I got to estate planning and I was like, mm, I think this is not for me, right? This is not really <laughs> what I want to be doing. And long story short, I went to go work at United Capital, mm -hmm. which was acquired by Goldman Sachs. And when I started, there were 30 offices and my I didn't have a job description. I was the point of contact for 100 managing directors across the country. So whoever were the equity shareholders, and my job was just to solve whatever problem came up, identify if it was a strategic problem, and then solve for it. And it just so happened that one of the problems that showed up was a communication problem. So all we were acquiring all of these offices, and they were feeling like they were little islands. You know, they weren't feeling aligned in vision. We had so much change happening that they couldn't keep up with it, and it was impacting growth is what the long and short of it was. And so I had to solve for that. And it kind of goes into my background of video. At the time, my boss said to me, Candace, I need you to be more visible. I need you to create culture and I need you to solve the communication problem. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, they know. <laughs> no challenge there. Yeah, I was like, I remember writing it down on a notepad at my desk and being like, I, do they know that I have a finance degree? <laughs> 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 and so the long and short of it is we started with one video shot on our phones, zero budget about eight years ago, rap music, bloopers, and we sent it out. And the advisors loved it. And the CMO tried to shut us down many times because she said that it was not on brand, <laughs> which it wasn't. And by the time I left, we had I built United Capital's digital network, which was a video first platform. And we did everything, client communications, prospect, FinLife, all of it in this very non-traditional financial services background. And so I give that kind of context because I think... Old school marketing is what is the traditional, is what we've been accustomed to, and probably what I would have studied when I was in university over finance. So if you think about the context of the advisor-client relationship, it would be much more like top-down. Do you know what I'm saying? So like almost like when you used to go to the doctor and the doctor was the professional in our health. Now we know that that relationship has changed. It's much more collaborative and we're an advocate for our health. And we see that in the advisor-client relationship. It's much more collaborative. We also see that clients want transparency. They want to be part of the conversation. So when we think about old school marketing, it's kind of that top-down approach. It's almost like you broadcast your expertise and what clients should do. Whereas new school is more about being in conversation with clients. So for example, this podcast, you know, you have a lot of advisors walking through their plans with clients now and like having them make the decision. Same in the marketing world. Old school, you had your website, you had your pitch deck. 
you, you probably had your beautifully shot video. It was a one and done and it was on your website. You informed, you broadcasted, and you were the expert. The new school is you're really in conversation with your clients. So you're asking them for feedback. It's a lot more colloquial. It's more human to human language, where I think old school was very like professional. We have a hundred years of expertise. New school, you're using video across your prospect and client experience. It's not a one and done. It's also more authentic. It's more DIY style. Advisors are able to show up authentically as themselves in a more human to humor consumer type relationship. So it's more like that consumer relationship and that interaction versus like, I am the expert, listen to everything that I have to say. Candice, can I, um, you, and you may have already answered this, but you, one of the things you said in there was um, that transparency was something that clients were, were looking for. Can you tell us more about what, what, that, what kind of transparency, what that means? Yeah, so I think, you know, a lot of, um, before you would say, this is what your plan is, this is what it's going to look like. And I know, Steve, you're an advisor, so you would probably, that's how it was done. From a marketing perspective now, it's more like, um, this is what I think you should do. This is what the calculations do. And these are your options. So it's a trade-off conversation. And I think within the context of marketing and communication, we encourage advisors to share their process. So even if they're podcasting, for example, for the first time to say, we're launching this podcast for you. It's a test. You've told us you want to hear more about X. So here we are, we're going to be learning. So showing more of that behind the scenes kind of view, that more of service orientation, you know, versus like we're professional and perfect and like letting clients in on the process. So it's, I mean, it's a very different perspective, obviously. Do you, do you get any pushback because this feels more vulnerable or open? I mean, I mean, just, it must affect some people that way. Yeah, I mean, for real. The truth is, um, I think what we find, we actually launched our own podcast called The New School. And it's all about exploring the concepts of authenticity and vulnerability in financial services, which is typically an old school paradigm. And what we wanted to do was highlight people that are engaging in their business in this new school mindset And it looks different for each different type of business and seeing a lot of success. And so sharing their insights around the vulnerability of what it meant and then the impact of it. So, for example, we had Carl Richards on. Everyone knows Carl Richards. And he talked about many years ago when he had to short sell his house and he wrote an article about it in The New York Times and what a vulnerable experience that was. And he thought to himself at the time, because he got, I think he said the New York Times ran it for like 10 days, all the comments in response to it. And he thought, I'm done. My business is dead. (laughs) Like my clients are never going to come back again. And what he actually discovered was the opposite was true. You know, he was getting a lot of pushback from people in the industry, but his clients were like, thank you so much for sharing this. This opened up a space for me to share some of the stuff that's really going on in my life. 
So we've had everything so far. It's a new podcast, but we had Carl Richards. And then we even had a really interesting firm, which I think is very atypical in our industry, which is the CMO of Aperture Investors, Peter Krauss, who's the ex-CEO of Bernstein Alliance, is their CEO. And their whole mission is to bring vulnerability and authenticity to the active management space. So I really do feel <laughs> there is, yeah, there's a <laughs> you know, I think it's where we're going because it's what we're yearning for. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to parse that out just yeah. so I can understand what, what he just said. Um, and for anybody who's looking for it, uh, your, your video's new school is S-K-O-O-L, which is the new school way of spelling school. The exactly. nuns would have smacked me with a ruler for that one. <laughs> um, so it's a throwback to 1980s hip hop. That's the origin of that spelling. Yeah, right. Uh, but tell us more a little bit about the, that idea of authenticity. What, 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 when you're talking about that authenticity and in and <clears throat> uh, how you talk with advisors, tell us a little bit more about what what you mean by that. So I think you've got to contextualize it, and this is what I always say to people: we are in a space now where there is so much content. We're just like oversaturated with content. The internet exists in a way that it hasn't done historically. And I think what it means when there is so much content is we can tell when we're being sold to, sold to, we can tell when someone is talking about something that they've read or something, or they're saying things that they think they should say, but aren't actually real to their experience. So when we think about the idea of authenticity, we're talking about advisors showing up as themselves. So the way I show up is different to the way you show up, Steve, which is different to the way Julie shows up in life, right? We show up differently in life. So having your marketing and your communications aligned with how you show up in life so that if I watch a video of you, if I listen to your podcast, if I read your blog, I'm going to get the same experience as though I met a meeting with you in person. It's not like I'm going to see this like shiny version of Steve, who's like all professional in one way. And then I come to meet you in person and I'm like, oh, you're kind of different in real life than what I saw you on that video. And is that, I mean, is that a strategy? At some level, you feel like we should all just be doing this naturally, but it sounds like it's something people have to learn or get comfortable with. I think we've been taught, you know, especially in financial services. And I think in our first episode, we had Meg, the CEO of Bicom, talk about it. She talks about it. And I think we all experience it as like, we believe it. We know it to be true because we know that in our personal lives, when show, someone shows up vulnerably and authentically, it gives us permission to do the same. And it's really where human connection is built. We know it to be true. And yet we've been socialized to show up a certain way, you know, like to have all the answers, to like have this perfect looking life from the outside. And the truth is, it's kind of hard to say, you know, I don't I don't really know the answer to that. Let me find out. Or, you know, as Carl Richards said, you know, I'm a financial advisor. I know all the things you have to do. And guess what? During the credit crisis, we had to short sell our house, you know, because I think we're all human. But especially when you're managing people's money, I think is where it really comes from. There's a certain amount of gravitas and seriousness. And all of that is true. And 100 percent, we're talking about the human connection. We're talking about 
when a client's spouse passes away, usually one of the first people that they call is their advisor. So how do you create that relationship, contextualize it so that people can really, you know, use the benefits of their advisor in their life? And um, I, I, how do, this may sound like a strange question, but how, how does, how, how do you determine how to be authentic? Be, uh, and I ask that because, you know, we're, we are, we're all, you know, we are who we are 24 hours a day, but we show up differently in different situations. Like you wouldn't behave exactly the same way in church and at a sporting event. So, so how, how do you, well, Julie, would, um, <laughs> because her church, I, 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 I got to tell you. Um, but, um, but so how do how do you come to what that especially if you believe you're if you believe an advisor is put, putting on a mask you know of, of professionalism at at work you know how how do they determine what that authentic is? Yeah, you know I think that's a really good question, and it, you know I once did a, a speaking presentation on a blueprint for kick-ass video, right? And I was like, you know, the best thing that works on videos when you show up authentically, and it was the first time I was ever asked this question, and someone said, well how do I show up authentically to your point? And again, it's going to be different for each person. So these are the two ways that I try and help people to show up. This is like kind of the exercise. And I, and I have our advisors do this in both our video workshop as well as our rock your growth workshop. And I say, okay, your assignment is to text or speak to five of your best friends, maybe your spouse. And I want you to ask them for the three words that they would use to describe you. And I don't want to hear professional or knowledgeable or expert. Like, what are the three words that they would use to describe you? Take all the feedback that you get from that, sort through it, and then pull out the three words that really resonate with you, that you feel are appropriate, appropriate and really reflect who you are. And then when you're looking at your video or you're looking at your blog or you're looking and you're listening to your podcast, listen and, and evaluate, are you those three things? And if not, what's in your way? And then to your point of like, who are you speaking to? Obviously you are going to adapt it for each type of audience because the way you explain something to your two-year-old is very different from how you explain it to your spouse or whatever that looks like. But again, I say, okay, now when you're writing, when you're speaking, when you're creating whatever it is you're creating, who are you speaking to? Who's your dream client? Who's your dream prospect? Who's your favorite client? Speak to that person. Yeah, it's, I mean, I I found that age <laughs> helped with this <laughs> process personally. And, and I, I always joke that I just couldn't be bothered trying to be someone I wasn't at a certain point. Like I didn't yeah. have the energy to <laughs> to try to hide behind a mask. And, and I would say in fairness, most people don't try to do that it's quite unintentional uh for for many but it's but it's very freeing and and i think it's a the whole concept of of authenticity is a really interesting connection to video which is where i, I wanted to dig in a little tactically because you know it's it's hard to do effective video if you're not being authentic although many try so let me just ask you first of all just what role you think video can play with advisors with their clients and, and prospects yeah so i think video is huge 
um, because there's no other medium that quite conveys almost that in-person experience. And we like, to, I call it the celebrity effect. It's kind of like, have you ever run into a celebrity or someone that you've seen on a TV show in a movie? And your first instinct when you see them is like, I know them, you know, and then you realize, no, you don't know them. Like you've just seen them on TV. And that's the power of video, right? So I think video where I'm seeing it used really powerfully by advisors is obviously in the prospecting cycle, your prospect's gonna online stalk you before they even consider working with you. So having that obviously on your website, your social channels, but I'm also seeing advisors really leverage it on the front end of their prospect experience to build trust quickly and shorten their sales cycles. So they might answer all their FAQs on a series of videos. And so when a prospect reaches out and has a question, they can say, I'm so glad you have that question. I made a video for you here. And they're answering a lot of the questions on the front end. They'll then use it on a one-to-one -one basis. So prior to the prospect meeting, they might say, send a one-to-one -one video and say, hello, Mr. Prospect, I'm super excited to meet with you tomorrow. These are the things that we're going to walk through, check out attached. I'm really looking for it. And then using it on the follow-up. Thank you so much for the meeting. We said we'd get some paperwork on, you know, in front of you. I wanted to share my screen and show you what that would look like. So really on that front end, humanizing that entire experience. And then in the client experience where I'm seeing advisors really leverage it, it's kind of in that same capacity. So uh, account management, introducing new team members, uh, touch points that might have been historically like a birthday card. Instead, they send like a team video. And then once a month or whatever their cadence is, really adding value to their clients in between meetings. So talking about some of those financial planning and life planning topics. And then again, using it to humanize and scale those client communications so that the client feels like they've seen their advisor 12 times. Maybe they've only had two meetings with them, but the video interactions in between have really increased that engagement, almost like they've seen their advisor in person. And what, just real quick on that, what technology do we need to have in place to do what you were just talking about? You know, we are in such a different place now than we were even eight years ago when we started making videos at United Capital. And I think technology has come so far. I am a big proponent of Wistia Soapbox. I find it's very, very easy and intuitive for advisors to use. You can edit it very simply. You can add your logo to it. You can share your screen and then you can with one click grab the thumbnail and then send it in an email or download it and upload it to a hosting site. So I love Wistia Soapbox. I know there's also a lot of fans for Loom. So I think what's beautiful about these tools is it's no longer like you have to have it professionally shot, download it, send it for editing, upload it to like a YouTube and figure all of that out. They've made it really, really simple where they've got everything in one place. Well, and, 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 that, and that brings up the question, too. You talked about the technology, but what else characterizes an effective video? Well, I mean, I'd ask you that, Steve. What do you think is an effective video? Well, I think, um, and, and, and this gets to something that you were talking about before, is that it, it's, it's less on 
strictly production value. I mean, the production value has to be a certain level, but it does not have to be Hollywood. Mm -hmm. um, and in fact, I think that, you know, doing it a little bit more personal makes you look a little more authentic, like, like you were saying, um, that, you know, it has to be a clear message. It has to be one message per video. You know, it needs to be well scripted. Um, but what, what, what else would you say are, are the key elements there? I think those are all the elements. So I think here's the reality. Like, I'm a big proponent of DIY style. You don't really have to pay for these expensive crews. There's a place for that. But in your, I think for advisors, you want creating video to be such a normal part of your workflow and day. So you want to make it as simple as possible. So there, there's not any barriers to creating video. So I think that's the first thing. The second thing is, uh, you know, just that you brought it up because I keep hearing this again and again, which is um, learning how to script so that you show up authentically in yourself and you don't sound like a robot. So the number one question I get from advisors about video is like all about the gear. They're super excited about the gear. And I think sometimes they're really disappointed when I'm like, we're just going to keep it super simple. You know, I, really, I want to buy more toys. Yeah. They want, or like, you know, sometimes they'll come to the workshops and they bought all this like really fancy gear because they followed some YouTube blogger, you know, and it's just sat in the corner of their office forever. And I'm like, that's why we don't buy super expensive gear. Um, so I think the number one question I get about a gear and I'm like, you know, I would rather you spend your time getting really good on video, like sending it to clients, getting feedback. And then later you can talk about the gear. But the second one is how do I show up authentically and, or how do I show up and appear natural if I'm using a teleprompter or I'm reading from a script and I've said this time and time again, believe me, I've tried. Like I've had people come on and they are like passionate and committed to using their script or the teleprompter. It never works. Like it just never works. We're just not CNBC trained anchors. You know, we just don't have it in us. So on the camera, you can see people's eyes scanning, their intonation and their tone starts to be really flat. So I teach advisors, I'm like, listen, you're the expert, you know your clients, you know your area of expertise, three bullets, talk to it, and then just riff and be yourself. So I think that's really key. And then the third element is get coaching. It's really, really hard in the beginning to get good on video by yourself. And so I've coached hundreds of advisors and executives. And I even remember when I worked at United Capital, if I was working with any department heads or advisors and they wouldn't take coaching, I'd say, Joe takes coaching, okay? And he's brilliant because he understands the medium of you need that reflection and someone to give you insight and feedback on an area that you might not be aware of. So it's, it's interesting to talk about scripting because I know, and, and it's the same issue with presenting, right? People early on get very... Uh, tied to a script and we know how that goes <laughs> um, but, but it's a security blanket and it and it takes time I think um, often when we think about video I have some that I script uh, I found a teleprompter that I can look at directly which makes it a lot easier just one on my iPhone but but that's a skill in and of itself to, to be able to do that and sound natural so I love this idea of just 
not being scripted. And I can also imagine that strikes fear into the hearts of, of thousands. Uh, but, but maybe just sort of on that topic of, of what you're talking about, because I think that's kind of an interesting one as well. Are there certain things, say, on an advisor's site that you think should be there, should be video, uh, certain topics that they should be addressing to connect more effectively? Yeah, so I wanted to go back to your original point there, Julie, because I thought it was a really good one. Um, This is the reality, and it goes back to that authenticity piece. When you're in conversation with people or you're in a meeting and you forget your word or you lose your train of thought or maybe you stumble, you don't say, hold, wait, wait, hold on, we need to start from the beginning. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's forget all of that and let's just start from the beginning. You just correct yourself. You just say, oh, I meant what I meant was. And so if you've got your bullets and you're riffing, it just becomes much more real. Like it just becomes like how you relate in person. And then on an advisor's website, I think about, you know, so your prospects online stalking you. And the first thing they're going to want to know is that your credibility factor, right? You've got your CFP, you're registered, whatever that looks like. So I think that's essential. However, you don't need to talk about that in your video. When you're clicking into your video, you've got to contextualize it. The video is on your website. So they're seeing all your credentialing. They're seeing your years of experience. When they click into your video, what they're really exploring is, would they enjoy working with you? You know, are they going to click with you? And so whatever video you have up on your website, I think it really has to speak to who you are, the type of process that you have with clients, like your worldview and like your vision, the change that you're trying to create in your role and for your clients. But again, as much as you possibly can to highlight and to demonstrate to a client or potential client what it would be like to work with you, because that's what they're really looking for. Yeah. And what about other team members? Would you recommend having that kind of connection, say, if you click through to the team page or something like that? Yeah, I love that idea. I, you know, I see a lot of like professionally shot videos where the team members are introducing themselves and it's a little bit more polished. Yeah. But the reality is, as, as we all know, you're going to probably speak to your advisor twice a year in your meetings and you'll hear from the rest of the team a lot more. Right. So I would, you know, I actually haven't seen this, Julie. So I think you're a little bit innovative. I I think I'm just making a note to myself to do it. (laughs) You know, but I mean, I would love to see like, you know, I am, you know, the, the lead advisor. I'm your, I'm your RN. You're going to hear from me a lot. These are the types of things you're going to hear from me about, you know, and this is what I love to do. And I like to do because we all know that those, the service team are the ones that we're going to hear what from and probably deal with a lot in between meetings. But it's, it seems to me like the, one of the fundamental shifts here that I'm hearing as you talk is a shift away from, I need to create three videos I'm gonna, that's using video versus it just becoming part of the way you communicate on a right. basis. And that's different. I mean, it's a very different way of looking at it. Yeah. And so... Um, Tell us a little bit more. So we've talked a lot about producing the videos, but tell us a little bit more about how you can use the videos once they're produced. 
So I think there's a couple of ways. So, you know, obviously you want to get as much bang for your buck as you potentially, as you possibly can. So I love the use of video in that one-to-one -one communication. So prep for meetings, touch points, whatever that looks like, really humanizing that interaction. So that's just a one and done shoot and then roll. I think that um, what I always encourage advisors to do, especially in the beginning is listen, you know what your prospects ask, you know, so make a series of videos with the FAQs, answer them. And to your point, Julie, you can put them on your website, you can use them on social, but what you really want to think about that is like a resource library. So one of the advisors I was talking to, and he was saying, you know, typically when I'm doing a discovery call with a prospect, they call me, they ask me the same questions. I spend like half an hour always answering those same questions. And instead, what he did was he shot a whole bunch of FAQs. He had those sent to the prospect on the front end so that when they actually had the conversation live, he could focus specifically on that client's needs and have the conversation move, be much more meaningful and move much quicker to what is much more valuable use of that advisor's time, you know, and that client's potential client's unique um needs or whatever that is so in distribute so i think steve you said distributing right that's what we're answering right right yeah yeah or how, to, how, or how, how just generally how you utilize it yeah so how do you utilize so i'd use it like that and then for your client communications that you're sending out periodically you know just embedding that in your email and sending that out instead of like what is typically a very muted, toned down newsletter? What if it was, you know, a note from your advisor with a video talking about whatever is relevant for that time of month or the state of the economy, or as we all know, like this crazy year, kind of like things that clients should be thinking about. So really supercharging those periodic client communications. And then you know, obviously showing up wherever your clients actually live. So if they're on Facebook, that maybe you're distributing that on Facebook, or if they only read email that you're sending it via email, kind of just any of those touch points that your clients want and expect from you, why don't you just supercharge it with some video? And I, you know, I think as you're talking, I'm hearing that all of this is so infinitely more shareable, if you will. So how do, how do you think using video more effectively can also enhance the referral process? So I think there's a couple of things. I remember many years ago, uh, we did, we used to do, I think what we called it was like the market 411. So we do like market updates and like what was going on at the time, our CI was really gifted at using all kinds of metaphors. And I remember showing it to one of my friend's fathers and he said, why doesn't my advisor send this to me, this type of thing, you know? And he was like, can you please forward that to me because I'm going to forward it to my advisor, you know, and ask him why he hasn't sent me something like this. So I think when you're thinking about referrals, adding value in between client meetings in a way that's, and that's why we're saying show up authentically, in a way that actually clients can digest that is meaningful to them in their lives. Like we all know what typical market updates look like and sound like. And if you're a typical client, unless you're an engineering, you know, that's what you're an engineer or you do something kind of really technical and you want that, it's not really digestible. 
So creating content that your clients love, that really helps them in their lives, that is super valuable. What we found is they do send it to their friends. We've even heard, you know, clients, um, uh, some of our advisors have said, uh, a process, so this was kind of a shocker to me, actually. So like, I was kind of shocked by it. Well, one of our advisors who came out of our Rock Your Growth workshop, she redid her website. She started creating all this video content across it. And all of a sudden she called me and she said, you know, I'm getting two prospect calls a day. And I said, what? And she said, I'm getting two prospect calls a day. And I said, how? Like, what's, what's the deal with that? And she said, well, she said, prospects are landing on my website. And they are saying that when they look at everything that I've got there, they recognize themselves. Like they're like, oh yeah, she serves me. They're watching the videos and they're saying, oh, she understands me and I would enjoy working with her. So she's saying that she's getting a lot of prospect inflow from people hitting her website. But when it comes to referrals, we've seen clients just tell their friends about it. You know, when they feel like their advisor is adding that value that they, you know, that's delighting them that they hadn't quite expected in a way that's meaningful to them. Yeah. Yeah. I can, I can definitely see that it's so much easier to share a, a video. It's uh, I mean, I love this idea. I love that we're getting more comfortable with it, which means it, it's just so much easier now because we don't have to worry about it being perfect. And I think that's the greatest right, right. gift <clears throat> we've had. Um, hey, Candace, if, if advisors are interested in learning more about what you do, where can they find you? So there's two places. I'd love for you to be my friend on LinkedIn. I love LinkedIn. I'm also on Twitter. I'm not so good on Twitter, although I do tweet. Like, I think that's just, I'm not that good on it. Um, but our website is ficompartners.com. And FICOM, if you think about it, it's financial communications. It's sh shorthand for that. So F-I-C-O-M-M partners.com. I'd love to hear from you. I love talking to advisors about all things video. So you're welcome to DM me and ask me with any questions. We also have an open market workshop in January. We never actually typically open up our workshops on the open market. We do it once a year. So in January, January 28th, we'll be doing a one day version of our DIY video workshop. If that's calling to anyone listening to this. Perfect. Well, we'll make sure we include all of those links in the show notes. And thank you so much for taking time today. It's been great. Thanks, Candice. Thanks so much, Julie. Thanks so much, Steve. Hey, folks, Steve again. Thanks for joining us on Becoming Referrable. If you like what you've been hearing, please do us a favor and rate us on iTunes. It really helps. You can get all the links, show notes, and other tidbits from these episodes at becomingreferrable.com. You can also get our free report, three referral myths that limit your growth and connect with our blogs and other resources. So until next time, so long.